What is up? Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer. Hopefully you're off to a good start this week. Lots going on here, but you know what? We gotta keep sharing these conversations that we're having. Excited for this one, I'm joined by Jane Sarah, who's the Vice President of Marketing at Just Uno, and we are talking about how to level up website conversion in a way that connects. We are in an era where conversion is more important now than ever before and jane and just uno are doing some awesome things so i wanted to have her on the pod to drop the knowledge i know you're going to benefit so make sure you listen all the way until the end if you like what i'm doing over here follow subscribe hit all the buttons most importantly tell a marketing friend you're enjoying modern day marketer without further ado let's kick it to the conversation I think I always say this to kick off these conversations, but I am excited for this one. Been following our guests on LinkedIn, seeing a lot of topics and conversations, and I felt like now is a good time to talk about website conversion a little bit. I know we're all thinking about it or should be thinking about it, so we're going to yeah. dig in a little deeper, but let me introduce today's guest. We have Jane Sarah, who's the VP of Marketing at Just Uno. Jane, welcome. How are you? Thank you, Brett. So good to be here. Big, big fan of yours and the juice and this podcast. I've been listening to a ton, especially the past few weeks. So thanks for having me. I'm Absolutely. doing doing great. <laughs> awesome. I would actually like, I want to talk about women in B2B marketing. I think it's yeah. kind of fun. Like you've got a kind of a, a, a side thing going where you've spun up a podcast that is um, very specific. So maybe like before yeah. we kick it off, since it, we are creating content, talk about content project you're working on. I'd love to. Yeah. So I'm a huge podcast fanatic. I start every single morning listening to podcasts. It ranges which kind, but probably 90% of the time they're marketing podcasts. And one day I just realized a couple of years ago, all of the podcasts I listened to were hosted by men. They were amazing shows. It's no slight on the shows and the hosts. They were all amazing. I still listen to all of them, yours included, Brett. But it just, it made me really sad that there weren't enough women out there. And even you do a great job of this, of getting women on your show. So kudos to you. But a lot of times, and it's not by intentional, I don't think, but there weren't even that many women guests, right? So I wanted to create a forum where women felt comfortable coming on, talking to another woman. Um, I hope I create a, a comfortable environment for them to speak on and just get more more women in B2B marketing stories out there and get that stage started for them. I, I love it. There, I, I think you're nine or 10 episodes in. So if you're yeah. looking for a new marketing podcast, check out Jane's show. There have been a ton of awesome guests so far and a lot of good topics that you're hitting on. Thank you. Yeah, super lucky. I've had some great intros to, to great women. So yeah, check it out. I hear, you can tell me if this is true or not, Brett, but I hear after episode 20 is when you start showing up in search results. So <laughs> I'm halfway there, everybody. Yeah, <laughs> <So> it's... <laughs> It's all about consistency and uh, the, the growth hope happens with consistency. So we'll, we're cheering you on uh, on the Thank sidelines. You. But may, let's hit just Uno too, just because I think it's like yeah. super relevant for the topic. Maybe talk a little bit about just like, you know, your role as marketing leader at Just Uno and then what Just Uno does. Sure. So Just Uno is a conversion automation platform. We actually just re-released our platform and we brought it to basically 2023 in the world of automation. So if you think of how we use as marketers email and marketing automation, so if it's HubSpot, Marketo, whatever you use, we're taking that and bringing that on your website to your, mm -hmm. your 
customer or website visitor experience and optimizing and automating that conversion experience to ultimately drive conversions. So bringing your traffic and turning them into customers through a pleasant experience on both sides. That's our goal. And right now, 2023, it's just super relevant because what, what do we keep hearing as marketers? And I have to do this myself, do more with less, right? That, that phrase, everyone's hating on it. I agree, but we're all kind of stuck in that right now. And so one thing to focus on is conversion optimization on your website. It's cheap, it's affordable, and it moves the needle super easily. There's a few tweaks everybody can make to their website experience that will instantly increase your conversion rate and your bottom line revenue at the end of the day. So when we have smaller teams, where do we need to focus? Sometimes we don't have budget for a ton of traffic driving. So what can we do to optimize the traffic that's already on our site? And that's conversion optimization. And so I'm VP marketing at just, you know, and we're sipping our own champagne for sure. Or I think I heard recently, maybe it's Karina Owens who told me sipping our own kombucha, the, the healthy version. I'm going to gonna steal that from her. Um, yeah, so yeah. I, when when I when that phrase hits me, I always well, I'm trying to coach myself to saying drinking our own juice now, but yeah. oh, I tend to <laughs> I tend to default and say the old eating our own dog food phrase. Yeah. I don't know where it came from, but it's burned <laughs> into my brain. There you go. You should say it's sipping your own mimosas, right? The Very, champagne and juice version. <laughs> uh, all of a sudden, we're becoming a, a mixology podcast over here. <laughs> um, I'm in. But we're talking about how to level up website conversion in a way that connects. And you've already alluded to it. And maybe we'll just dive into there. It's like, I'm not sure like if a marketing catchphrase has been more prevalent than do more with less. And I've been guilty of like plugging it everything I've I've written just because it like resonates yeah. and everyone's in it right now. So maybe yeah. like doing more with less, I've been thinking a lot about it from a content perspective, but maybe yeah. like how does conversion fit fit in? Like, how are you thinking about that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it makes sense on the content side, right? Introducing AI. So you can do a lot more with less and fewer resources. So our budgets, well, for the most part, right? Some surveys are showing that budgets are not in fact getting cut, but I personally, I do see it amongst partners and everybody. Our budgets are getting cut, our teams are getting cut, or at least on hold, right? There's not that much growth right now. People are being cautious with their budgets overall. So when you have fewer resources to work with, you think about definitely your content and then how to convert the traffic that is already on your site. Like how can I, using what I already have working and what is working and I'm being more efficient with my, my resources and campaigns that I have running, identifying what's working, going bigger there, cutting back what's not working, maybe smaller test budgets, but also a, a step further where people aren't looking so much and we're really trying to shine a light on why they should is taking those existing campaigns that are driving traffic to your site and just optimizing them. So one stat, I think we talked about this when we were prepping, but I want to say nine years ago, there was a stat floating around and it was for every $92 that is spent driving traffic to your site, only $1 is spent converting it. And I've looked and I've looked and there's no updated stat. This stat from nine years ago is still being used. And I, I can't say this factually, but I, it feels like it's still exactly the same. Mm -hmm. Nothing has changed. And even I come from the agency background and still work with and talk to a ton of agency side folks. And if you think about it, like paid search teams, easy to close. Email marketing teams, easy to close. Like those deals for, for agencies are easy. But the CRO deals, 
it's a harder sell for everybody. For some reason, it's just not sexy. And it doesn't people, it's harder to sell internally, externally, but it moves the needle the most. So we're trying to bring the conversation to conversion and just shed light on how that can impact things. So for example, if you add an exit offer, super simple, low-hanging fruit way to get started, right? If somebody comes to your site and you add an exit offer, so they go to leave, you show them just a quick offer of something that is low effort and less for them to, um, they don't need to actually, you know, give their first child away or they're not buying anything. It's just a small lead capture, right? Or something you're offering them. That can up, can bring your conversion rate from, let's say you have a 5% conversion rate, it can go up to 7%. And that's the first step, right? Is getting that, collecting that information so you can then nurture them through email and through your other channels. So it's strengthening all of your, your other marketing campaigns as well. Just, it's a such a critical and part, um, part of the entire life cycle, right, of, of marketing. So it's capturing that information and then it's feeding it into all of your channels so they improve. And it's it's just, it's the circle of marketing life. <laughs> the 92% stat, yes, that one when we were chatting about it and you teed it up to me, I was shocked, but then I wasn't shocked, I think, yeah. as I reflected on that. Like what maybe from that number and let's just say for the course of this, like it hasn't changed and that's the number, like what stands out to you the most, or maybe like, what's the biggest issue do you think with that? (sighs) We've been trying to figure this out. I just do know (laughs) why conversion marketing just isn't seen as sexy. Um, I think everybody just tends to focus on volume right? And volume is the traffic side of things. So if I can drive 1 million hits to my website each month, that's winning. That's my goal, right? That's where the targets are. But you see a lot less emphasis on the focus on their conversion rates overall and improving those when really that can have a much bigger impact than if you are driving 1 million and then you go to 1 million, 100,000 it's a much smaller impact in the grand scheme of things and the quality, right? You also want to mm-hmm. focus on quality that really both go hand in hand. In an ideal world, you still have your full budget to drive that traffic and you focus on improving your online, your website experience for driving the conversion rate up. And then you have, I mean, 10 X the performance, right? If you have both going full steam ahead. I love it. We'll talk maybe a little more about traffic in a bit, but I want to yeah. like get to this, this piece of demand gen and how, when I previous role, like grew up a demand gen marketer, my primary responsibility was conversion. And so like, I always view like demand gen as the owner of the conversion bucket, but I feel like now as we're trying to do more with less, the roles like content marketing now have to focus and care about conversion because we're, you know, we've got less resources, like every conversation is about driving pipeline revenue. Talk maybe a little bit about how other roles outside of your your traditional conversion roles like demand gen should start thinking or embrace kind of the conversion conversation. Yeah. Well, they go hand in hand, right? It's, I've been hearing this talk a lot and, you know, marketing is just full of jargon and terms being rebranded and repurposed, but demand gen and demand capture, right? We used to only say demand gen and it meant both. Now there's this debate on demand gen versus demand capture and they're two different roles if you're lucky enough to be able to have that big of a team. 
but they ha- they go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. What's the point of demand if you're not capturing it at the end of the day? And if you're capturing and there's no demand that's creating this bigger and bigger funnel, that doesn't work either. So you need both together. And then taking a step back, so conversion can mean so many different things in to different people and at different phases in the journey, right? Because there's micro conversions along the way. I'm initially talking about website conversion because that's my main focus and my world at Just Do Know. But there's also, if you're in demand gen, right? Or if you're driving, you're running the paid ads, search, social, whichever, there's conversion on that side, right? So you're getting somebody to click through to go to the website, that's a conversion. But at the end of the day, what you want to do is convert them into a customer. Mm. Then in between that, right? There's a So there's a conversion from viewing your ad to engaging with your ad, then from engaging with your ad to clicking through to your website or submitting a lead form, depending what type of ad. They come to your website and then you want to convert them into either capturing the lead, which usually would come first, or to converting them to a customer right away if you're super lucky. And then again, you want to nurture them and convert them into a customer. So it's all these different stages. So you definitely, you you have to pay attention to each phase and where there's something broken and where you can optimize. So it's a ton of data analysis to see where there's fallout along the journey and where you can do something to improve. And there's tons of room for improvement on the the website experience itself. But typically, like we were saying, there's just way more emphasis on tweaking the ads and improving that conversion rate to drive more traffic to your site. But yeah, it's all across the board, micro conversions have to be focused on and where the fallout is. So in that example that you just shared, if I like zoom out and just think about all the steps and all of the phases, I know just it is very, you have to have a very uh, resource heavy team in order to like focus in on each of those stages and making sure that they're maximized for every campaign and those tweaks are being made. A lot of times it's like, once we launch something, we launch it and move on to the next thing. So I don't know, like how do we make sure that when we're in that scenario, that we're building something that is like, allows for our audience to like decide and go through the process that they want to and that we're not like over scripting and making something that's so manufactured that we're doing it just because we're trying to hit our KPIs. We're marketers. We're we're all trying to drive conversion, but I think sometimes we get lost in not thinking about like the person on the other side. So maybe like talk a little bit about that and how we might be able to maneuver through that without like over scripting things. Yeah. I'm so glad you asked because that is really the most important part of website optimization, right? Is personalization. So by focusing on the customer and their experience on your website or the visitor experience, you're by providing that pleasant experience with your brand, you're automatically improving conversion rates. So really, if you can focus on one thing, it is that customer experience, which improves with personalization. So to put action to this, right, or examples and not just have it be theory, if you, the easiest way to get started here is with UTMs. One example I gave a customer of ours, um, Cornbread Hemp, they had a feature in health.com. It was a write-up about them, best luxury CBD products. And this can be applied to B2B brands as well, just as easily if you have a feature somewhere. And they had UTM links in that article, and it brought them to this specific landing page. And whenever um, this UTM brought them to this page, it had very specific messaging that came up that brought 
pieces of the article back in. So a quote from the article, a rating from the article, visuals from the article. So it reinforced what brought them there in the first place. And it, it validated now that they were on their actual site, why they wanted to purchase. If they came back at a later date, they didn't close out on that experience and that visit. The next time they came, that was there again. So because they came there in the first place, that UTM is still there and they can see um, exactly uh, a reminder, validation of why they came there and what brought them there in the first place and from the help.com article. Then after that, if they go to exit, exit offers, again, low-hanging fruit way to get started with conversion optimization is either go to exit, you can either A, provide more information and validation, or you can maybe test that against an offer or a discount of some kind if it's super quality traffic, which coming from this article, it would have been for them. I love it when marketers come on the show and give real actual examples <laughs> and we could actually visualize and think through it. Yes. So I pre- appreciate that. Maybe back to like the the traffic of it all. We we get into this groove as marketers where it's just like, we need more traffic. We need more traffic now. And then it's like, because of what? Like, why do we need more? Like, is the, the like, do we want to talk a little bit about like the quality of that traffic? Do, do Are we really <laughs> aiming for like just volume? And I know you spoke a little bit about quality before. So maybe like just any way you want to take that. It's like, how how yeah. do we think about traffic the right way? And so that the right way I'm thinking about is like these people who are coming to our website are actually going to be the ones who convert and start engaging with our product, talking with our sales team, that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, so on the traffic side, it's testing, right? Everything in marketing is all about testing. You have to see what's driving the quality traffic. And one way to assess that quality is conversion rate. If right, if you're look, if you look at traffic by different sources, and which sources are bringing a better conversion rate, whatever that is to you, if that's lead capture, trial, sign up, or purchase, at the end of the day, you can look at all three um, and see what sources are actually converting, and then put more behind that or dissect, go back deeper into it. Right, like deeper if you go into paid search, which campaigns are actually converting, which key terms are actually converting. Of course, you can get super granular and you should if you have the resources and team. But just looking into what is driving that quality. Another instance, this is a little bit, it's less traffic and more uh, very B2B focused for for us. It just, you know, our biggest channel is partner marketing. So Mm. co-marketing with a ton of our, our SaaS partners and agency partners as well on webinars and eBooks. And that brings in a ton of second party data and lists, right? Where people are opted, fully opted in. And we track the, the quality of those lists. If they're, how closely they align to our ICP, how the conversion rate of those lists, and that's how we know which partners to work with more in the future. So if you apply that mindset across the board to all of your traffic sources or lead sources, that's a perfect way to start. And then it also will improve your conversion rates, right? If you see what's working and you just go all in on those channels, um, you can't go wrong there. Uh, I want to maybe talk a little bit about just like the right way to do conversion or since this is modern day marketer, the the modern modern day conversion process. I feel like, you know, when a lot of people here think about conversion or being put through a conversion funnel, it's like nails on a chalkboard. It's like this company is trying to get me to do this thing that I don't want to do when I just want to go there, learn for myself and uh, gather some information. You mentioned personalization as you were talking through this, and I'm sure maybe that's one of the key ingredients to do it the right way, but maybe talk a little bit about just like, what are some, some of those pillars that we should be considering when when doing conversion the right way? Well, 
you just gave me kind of an epiphany. I wonder if that is why there's an, a conversion aversion, right? <laughs> is that there's this aversion to feeling like you're being put in a funnel. But if you're doing conversion optimization and focusing on conversion the right way, that's not what the visitor is feeling like. Mm -hmm. So there's kind of two ways to talk about it, right? It's from the marketing point of view. You are for sure putting them through the funnel because that's your job at the end of the day. But on the flip side, as a consumer yourself and as or a B2B buyer, you can kind of put yourself in your customer's shoes and look at the experience that they're having and they should not feel that. You're not trying to dupe them and trick them into we're not putting you through a funnel, but you're just trying to make it a pleasant experience for them. And that definitely brings it back to personalization, like you touched on. And it's, if you think about, so this cookie-less world, right? Which is, you know, better for all of us at the end of the day in many ways. Um, I personally love getting very, very targeted every, uh, things everywhere. So maybe not so good for me, I, I'll miss it. But it's, you know, data privacy and all of these rules and cookies going away. It's super important to focus on zero and first-party data collection yourself on your website. So quick definitions for anyone that's not aware, I know, again, marketing jargon left and right, but zero party data is data that you are collecting firsthand. So let's say you have a form on your website, a survey, a quiz, um, and somebody is telling you, this is my title. These are the type of shoes that I prefer. This is where I live. This is my location. These are the topics I'm interested in. Any of that data that you're collecting in a quiz, they're providing, they're opting to give this to you. That's zero party data. And first-party data is anything that you're seeing on your site directly. So if they're visiting a certain product page or certain blog topics, um, you're able to see that, and that's first-party data. So those are sacred. You own that. That's on your site. And so with third-party cookies going away, this is so much more important to collect so that you can personalize all of your outreach. And that's mostly via email if you have SMS campaigns as well being able to show topics that they've shared with you directly that they're most interested in. So it's improving their experience with your brand overall. Like if they are telling you, I only like, um, I want information from you on email marketing. I don't care so much about paid search. That's not my world. If you continue to give them paid search information and you're not using that information or you never collected in the first place, they're going to opt out. They're not going to enjoy that experience. It's not good for anybody. But if you collect this information and you use it properly and you show them information, you continue to learn and improve what you're sharing with them, it's a better experience for everyone. It, it makes that connection so much stronger. That seems like, man, if if all the emails I received were highly <laughs> personalized, the chances of me clicking and doing what that company wants me to do goes up. And I, I, I'd love to get like maybe your thoughts on this, but just like, I think, and I'm sure based on your role and what you do, you get a ton of people, sales professionals reaching out to you to try their thing, have a yeah. call, get on a demo. And, you know, it's like, we as marketers- We're both like, in marketing. We should talk. Yeah. 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 Let's talk. Let's see. But like, you know, to it, there's like a sniff test, right? It's like, you can see the email and you don't even need to read the copy. You're like, this is like, I don't even need to read this because this is for everyone. So it like yeah. falls on deaf ears and we click it and it's like, you've got a podcast. I've got a podcast. We, our <laughs> ideas are out there. Just use them. Um, but I guess like, it's not like Oprah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, we all first, get a podcast. <laughs> we all get a podcast. Um, I guess I'm curious just in conjunction with like a personalized, optimized conversion process that like, 
people go to your website and they feel good about it. Like, yeah. how do we make sure that, or do we make sure, is it the same? Is it different? Like that our sales team is, cause they're like our, probably our number one brand extension, making sure yeah. that they're kind of in the same, in alignment with what's going on on the digital side. Like, how do you yeah. think about those things? How do we work through those sorts of things? Great question. So key is that whatever you have working on your on your site to pull in and collect this data is integration. So it needs to be integrated to your CRM, to your marketing automation, and to whatever platform your sales team is using. Hopefully it's one in the same, at least for the core. So you have a single source of truth that's key for sales marketing alignment. Um, but if you have this information and this data that everybody is visible, that's visible to everybody, a, for them to manually, depending if it's a sales-led org, they can go in and see this as they reach out one-to-one where it's appropriate. Um, but also for triggers and automations, it, it, it opens up a whole new world of possibilities for how tailored you can have the, those sales sequences and those marketing nurtures and drips that can just go into such very granular um, journeys and workflows in, in on both ends, sales and marketing. And yeah, if you collect them beyond that, then there's also taking it into your ad channels and it strengthens your lookalike audiences. Like I know that's that's a big place where a lot of marketers are hurting right now with the loss of third-party cookies. It's being able to target on certain platforms. Um, it just sucks now, to be honest. So growing your own owned list and being able to feed that into at least lookalike audiences is also super strong, which again, in turn helps out the sales team because you're you're building that that audience and what you have inside your CRM. But most important is just having that data there and leveraging it, right? What is, I mean, I keep hearing lately shelfware, like getting a, buying a product and, and it just goes on the shelf and it sits there, no one uses it. Very similar with data. I don't know, we need to create a new term for data that's unused, but if you collect the data and don't use it, it's useless. And it's a, it's kind of a waste of everyone's time and resources. But if it's there, there's so much to, to use from there. My, my first recommendation would be to trigger sequences on the sales side, very, very, very tailored. And then of course, the segmentation of nurture drips on the marketing side. The unused data of it all, that's some bait I could take. And then we could run and be here for another hour, hour and a right? half because there's a <laughs> lot to talk about there. Yeah. Uh, Maybe we close it out with this. So uh, I think, you know, you've shared a ton of examples, ways we should be thinking about conversion. I know there's a lot of content uh, marketers specifically who listen to this show who probably are getting into the conversion um, for the first time in a while, or maybe the first time um, ever. Uh, Maybe like, what's like the key nugget or two that you'd like to share with everyone in closing of like, all right, now I have to think about conversion. What's the first thing I should focus on? Yeah. So two easy ways to get started. Number one, I love me an exit offer. I just love them because they're not intrusive. You're about to leave. It's just, hey, uh, I almost expect it now when I'm on a website. If I go to leave and nothing pops up in my face, I'm a little sad. (laughs) Like, what are you going to give me? Nothing? Okay. And I just leave. So low hanging fruit is just a super relevant um, exit offer. So if they're, let's say they're on a tofu page, right? Tofu content, super high level. You're not expecting them to convert, but you you have a relevant ebook or a relevant webinar coming up that they can sign up for. 
that's great to put inside that exit offer as they leave because maybe they want to come back later. That's something that's super important to them. But if you are on BOFU content, that's way more bottom of funnel, um, then you can do something a little bit stronger. If you want to maybe give them the option, they go to leave and you show them a demo video, right? Instant demo. They don't have, it doesn't have to be lead capture, but right next to that, you can give an option to schedule a one-to-one demo. Here's the instant walkthrough to see it yourself, but here you can schedule a one-to-one. Gives them that option and, right, people want to have control. They don't want to be forced to give their information away, but if it's sitting there as an option, they can opt in. Awesome. So low-hanging fruit for content, I would say for sure, is an exit offer. You can also test out everyone in content is very familiar with native advertising. Kind of take that and use it yourself where you can do very native lead captures or CTAs inside your content that's not obtrusive. If you're against anything popping up or overlaying on your screen at all, you can embed it inside your content. So it can appear as they scroll down or it can just be there halfway through the article. Again, to something relevant based on if it's tofu or bofu. It can be just, again, a link to an upcoming webinar or a previous webinar recording so you don't have to update it as much. Um, so there's, there's lots of, there's so much slow hanging fruit. We have a ton of examples on justuna.com if you want to check it out or feel free to DM me on LinkedIn anytime. I feel a lot smarter about conversion. Hopefully you all do too, listening out there. Jane, this was a ton of fun. We'll have to do it again. Thanks so much for your time. We'd love that. Thanks, Brad. Thanks for having me. I had a blast talking with Jane. We hit on how to do more with less. It's a common topic dug into how to think about conversion strategically. And I loved all of the advice that she gave along the way. Make sure you check out her, check out her podcast and check out what Just Uno is doing. We'll talk to you soon. We got more Modern Day Marketer next week. You all take care.